Taking on the insidious curse of cancer requires relentless passion, resources, vision, and collaboration. Elements the all-volunteer Cancer League of Colorado persistently brings to bear in the fight. The organization's secret sauce is how it can leverage the money it raises each year 20 times or more to fund some of the most innovative cancer research in the nation. President Gary Reese explains how every penny donated to the Cancer League of Colorado can make a huge impact in this fight on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and what an honor to be joined by Gary Reese, president of the Cancer League of Colorado, an organization that has donated more than $20 million in the fight against cancer. Gary has served as the volunteer president of the Cancer League of Colorado since 2010. Gary's currently a member of the board of directors and the chairman of the audit committee for MDC Holdings, one of the largest home building companies in the U.S. Gary has a long history of community activism and volunteering. He also serves as the president of the all-volunteer Riata South Metropolitan District Board. Until 2019, he served on the board of directors for Families First, a nonprofit organization that provided services to parents and children with the objective of ending the cycle of child abuse and neglect. Gary was instrumental in merging that organization in May 2019 with Shiloh House, a local nonprofit organization that shares a similar mission. Gary and his family moved to Denver in August of 1988 when he joined MDC as vice president of tax. In 1990, he was named executive vice president and chief financial officer. In 1990, he was named executive vice president and chief financial officer and retired after more than 20 years of service to MDC and has been dedicated to serving the community full-time since. A graduate of the University of Texas at Austin, which we won't hold against you, Gary holds a CPA license in the state of Texas. Most importantly, Gary and his high school sweetheart, Barbara, have been married for 48 years, salute, and have two adult children and six grandchildren. Welcome, Gary, and thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Glad to be here. So, how would you describe the Cancer League of Colorado to somebody that doesn't know anything about it? Well, I think that in the nonprofit world, first and foremost, it's important to note this is an all-volunteer nonprofit. So we have no paid staff and uh, no offices. So that's the people who support us find that is key because every dollar that they donate to our, our organization actually goes toward our mission. That's pretty and that rare. Mission, yeah, it's uh, that's that's why we kind of lead with that because it's uh, it's extremely important and and a lot of people who support us do that because they know that every dollar goes to support cancer research here in Colorado and um, our mission is to secure a cure or control of cancer by raising funds to support innovative cancer research and cancer related services here in the state of Colorado. So we're hundred percent volunteer. We're hundred percent Colorado. So that means that tells me one thing that you've got a lot of people that are super passionate about the cause. Absolutely. Yes. We, we're an organization that, that really runs through membership and we have over 400 volunteer members. 400. Pay a, wow. They pay a small uh, membership due 
amount each year. And we use those dues really to cover the minor expenses that we do have. We, because, because we raise the money that we do, we do an audit every year. Yeah. Uh, we, we, uh, keep bank accounts and we have insurance and, and things like that, but, um, but we don't pay any, any office costs. Wow. That's remarkable. So as a strictly volunteer fundraising organization, what, what have been really effective means for you over the years of, of doing what you do? Um, well, they, uh, you mean, how do we raise it or? Yeah. How, how, do, how, how do you manage to keep people focused enough to raise the kind of money you guys raise and, and what's been successful well, it, in, it, in, in doing it? It's really not difficult to keep people focused on this. They, they, all, vol- all of our volunteer members are very passionate about our mission. And, um, you know, they, they're the lifeblood of the organization. We couldn't do the events that we, that we do without their support. And we have four major events each year that uh, enable us to raise the bulk of the funds that we raise. But, you know, an organization like ours is also the beneficiary of efforts of other members of our community who maybe they've lost a loved one or they have someone who's battling cancer and they want to do something about it. So they might do a little golf tournament or uh, some event of their own to raise money and uh, in their honor, and they will give it to us. Maybe they'll raise a couple thousand dollars or $5,000. There's not a whole lot you can do with that on its own. But when you combine it with the dollars that we raise, um, we can fund dozens of grants that make a huge impact on the fight against cancer. Well, and this is something that I wanted to touch on. I'm glad you brought it up is, is sometimes people say, well, I've only got 25 or 50 or whatever, you, you know, to contribute. And that's not going to, that can't possibly make a difference, but it's this, this concept of packaging it all together and leveraging it that you guys can carry that forward and turn that $20 into you know, something that really can have an impact. You know, we go through a process. So I, I, I really like to explain to people that Cancer League is not purely a pass-through entity. You know, we don't just collect dollars and pass it on. Right. We want to make sure that we want to make sure that the dollars are used for uh, the best possible research, the the projects that have the highest potential for success. So we collect collect all these dollars and we go through two uh, two processes. We have a funds allocation committee that meets in the um, late winter, early spring. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, uh, prior to that, we will have solicited grants requests from organizations all over the state of Colorado who support cancer patients and their families. Uh, Organizations like Brent's Place or Camp Mm -hmm. Wapi Yapi or uh, Casting for Recovery, Real Recovery, uh, hospices all over the state of Colorado. Uh, And and they submit requests for grants. We review those and we uh, generally give in excess of $200,000 to 30 plus organizations every year. That's and, a number. Uh, this last year, we, we supported uh, 32 organizations with uh, $215,000. Wow. And, and so we go through that process every year. The real leverage comes with the research side of things. Yeah. Um, we have we have a funds allocation committee, but we're not qualified really to evaluate the grant requests that come in. So we 
have a volunteer scientific advisory board made up of around 15 doctors, researchers, scientists, all here in Colorado who volunteer their time to review the grant requests that we receive. And they'll come in and rank them the same way the National Institutes of Health would rank them. Wow. And, and our, our goal is to support a project that the NIH would rank as very high and if it's successful, they would generally try to most funds or provide additional funding mm-hmm. for that project. So, so we'll support the highest uh, ranked projects as, as determined by the Scientific Advisory Board. And we don't care what kind of cancer it relates to. Uh, it, we will, it, it doesn't matter. We're, we're after the best science. And wow. What generally happens, our history shows that because we support the best possible grants, we have a high high success rate. Sure. And on average, on average, uh, a grant that we provide gets matched by the NIH twenty times. So there's the so, magic right there. Yeah, there's the there's the leveraging. If if you yep. if a person gives us a dollar and we put it into a successful project, it's worth, on average, $20 in the fight against cancer. Think of that. That is remarkable. Yeah. That so, is remarkable. And that's, that's I, I became aware of the Cancer League through Big Bill's 9-11, and I know that's the biggest attraction for him is, I'm going to give them whatever it is, 20, 25,000, 30,000 in the big picture, not a lot. What they can do with that and carry it forward is, is where the magic happens. So that that's a remarkable mm-hmm. uh, feat. Yeah, and- we, we, we provide uh, Bill feedback on that every year. On, um, we, we, we assign his dollars directly to a, the, uh, a, a very highly rated grant. And we can track that over the years, uh, he is some of the grants that he has funded or that we've funded with his dollars have returned millions of dollars in matching funds from the NIH. Stunning. And that, you know, uh, that, to, oh, yeah, that that's, what's, what's great when somebody sits down as a piece of pizza to think, oh, I'm going to give five bucks. It's not going to do anything. Well, that five bucks has led to millions in cancer research, which, which is, is awesome. And again, the, the magic of what you guys do, but beyond just the research piece, some of your grants also go to help families in the middle of, of crisis. Is that correct? They do. Um, you know, it, it directly and indirectly, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, one of the, one of the things that we are doing, um, and, and we started this uh, around seven years ago is we are providing funding for, investigator-initiated clinical trials. And that, uh, that enables the Cancer Center to put our dollars to work directly with patients. Wow. And not, you know, not do the, the other research is generally right? done in a test tube or with mice or something right. in a laboratory. Yeah. These, uh, these clinical trials are actually trials that have been approved by the IIT committee at the cancer center. Um, They they know what our criteria is and we trust their judgment in terms of directing our dollars to the right kinds of projects. And, and they're able to put those dollars to work with um, 
uh, directly with patients. And over the last uh, six, seven years, we funded in excess of a million dollars in clinical trials. Wow. That's spectacular. You know, one of the questions I had was you've been with the organization for a while now with the advances in technology and everything else, what have been some of the big breakthroughs that you've seen that you've helped lead to? Well, the, you know, the one that um, really began just before we started with this organization is the, the development of the drug tamoxifen, which is, is, um, a drug that uh, is used to, to battle breast cancer even mm-hmm. today. Yep. And, and that uh, drug was started with a grant that Cancer League funded. Ah, oh, awesome. And, and, you know, we have, we've seen um, significant advances in immunotherapy and mm-hmm. um, head and neck cancer treatments. You know, we've, we've been funding some clinical trials where they use, uh, uh, grapeseed extract to uh, to fight prostate cancer. Wow, seeing success, successes in that uh, arsenic trioxide in in treating leukemia. It it's these things take so much time. It's hard. Right. Other than the tamoxifen, it's hard for us to say this research led to this drug, right? Uh, because it's. There's such a long lead time in that. Right. And, and I've only been involved for 10 years. <laughs> only, so, geez. Yeah. Well, and what, what drew you to the organization initially? We, my wife and I both came. Uh, Barb has been involved in a lot of uh, philanthropic endeavors over the years. And in the early 90s, we... Um, um, well, we, she was involved with, let's see, I want to think back exactly when it happened. It was actually early 2000s mm-hmm. when, we, when we started to get involved. And we got involved really because we had a very dear friend who, was, uh, who had been diagnosed with esophageal cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, we had really, as a family, had not been exposed to cancer that greatly, although my wife did have a bout with it. Um, at an earlier age uh, and successfully um, beat it. But, um, you know, we thought, okay, that's over. And, and, uh, and then yeah. this came up and, and our, our friend was able to, he li- lived in California and he was uh, able to get into a clinical trial out there and prolonged his life for a couple of years. In the interim, uh, we, we became aware of, of Cancer League and, um, Barb was asked if she would chair the Hope Ball for Cancer League. And uh, so she came in and she chaired the event. It was very successful. Uh, We played in a Cancer League golf tournament and our friend who had esophageal cancer actually played with us. Oh, nice. I think we actually won the tournament. It was out (laughs) out here uh, in in Parker. And um, and then about a year later, he passed away from, Mm. from the cancer. And, and we said, you know, this is something we need to do everything we can to protect our loved ones from. And, and this is a, this is where we should invest our time and effort. And so she kind of went full bore into it. And uh, eventually she was, uh, became a president of Cancer League. And, and at the same time, I, I was still working as a CFO for MDC didn't have the time <clears throat> to invest, but I did join the corporate advisory board for Cancer League. And yeah. 
because I began to participate at that level. I, little did I know that, uh, you know, four years later, I would be yeah. president, <laughs> actually, uh, after having retired from, from MDC. Yeah. A little more time. But that's uh, that's kind of what got us involved is and and that's what has gotten a lot of people involved uh, with the organization is their own personal experience with a battle with cancer. Yeah, it's it's the you know, the sad the sad line about how, you know, everybody probably has been touched by it in, in one way or another. And you know, ideal scenario would be that you guys would go out of business because you're not needed anymore. But unfortunately, that's probably never going to happen. But is there a story or anything you can think of that you're especially proud of um, through your time with Cancer League? One of the things that I uh, I'm very proud of is is the fact that uh, we I, I guess it was back in 2000. Must have been around 2012, 13, something like that. A couple of years into my presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, that when I became president of Cancer League in 2010, about the same time, uh, the Cancer Center had a new director um, of the Cancer Center. His name was Dr. Dan Theodorescu. And he, he, he got the Cancer Center, even though they're the beneficiary, They've always been a major beneficiary of our funds, mm-hmm. but they never have really gotten involved with what we were doing. They just kind of took our money and, and, and um, you know, put it to work right? without really participating in the raising of the funds. Uh, Dr. Theodorescu began to change all of that, and uh, we started looking for better ways to apply our funds, better ways to raise the funds and, and start to improve things. And one of the things that we collaborated on in, in the early two, uh, 2012, 13, is the funding of an endowed chair. Uh, he came that. in and, he, and his, his, uh, his goal was to, to raise the ranking of the Cancer Center here in Colorado to one of the top cancer centers in the country. And there were several holes that needed to be filled and, and they needed to hire, so to bring in some, some new talent. And one of the key tools in bringing in and, and in fact, retaining talent mm-hmm. out of the cancer center was uh, the giving of endowed chairs. And they did not have enough of them. And those endowed chairs had to be funded by private dollars. They couldn't be funded mm-hmm. by uh, the cancer center dollars. So anyway, we worked with them to, to use our dollars to fund an endowed chair. At the same time, they helped us fund the research we wanted to fund. So we would apply dollars to the uh, endowed chair, but they would agree to use their dollars to fund research uh, we would like, just like, so we can, things kind of went on the right. way they always did. Everybody like wins. Our, our research got funded and yeah. then we were able to fund that chair. So it took us a couple of years to raise the money. But um, by 2015, we had uh, raised enough money to fund an endowed chair at um, a million and a half level. Wow. And that endowed chair was awarded to uh, Dr. Rajiv Vibakar, who's a esteemed doctor, um, a lead over at the children's hospital for, wow. uh, for children's brain cancer. That's his uh, specialty. Wow. And, and so he's, um, he and I stay very close 
they have made some amazing strides in his laboratory because of the funds that are raised with the dollars that we provided through the endowed chair. That's and, fantastic. Uh, he's, he's a consistent speaker at our luncheons and, and uh, he, he has provided some amazing stories and he personally, um, uh, he, he personally saved the life of a, of a, a child of one of our best friends, our wow. best family friends through some of the research that he had done. I mean, it's, it's the kind of story that since chills up your spine, um, no doubt. Uh, I, I had received a call from him from the hospital. I, we were having our Christmas party and, hmm. and I got a call from him and I thought he was going to surprise us and say he was in town to go to our Christmas party, but because they live in Florida, but instead he said um, that they were at the hospital and his daughter had just been diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. Oh, goodness. It was, it was inoperable and he, they didn't know what to do, you know? So I, I called Dr. Vibacher that moment. It's a fr- it was a Friday evening. He took my call and uh, two hours later, he was on the phone with this friend of ours. Wow. And, and they were able to, this tumor is in a place that, that basic, the basic practice tells you, you can't biopsy it because mm-hmm. it will kill the patient. Right. They, and most people hadn't figured out a way to biopsy it. And so they assume that it is cancerous and they can't treat it. And so it eventually kills the patient. Yeah. Well, they were, um, that they had developed a method in, in Dr. Vibacher's lab with the dollars that, that we provided through the endowed chair on, they had developed a method to biopsy this type of tumor. Wow. And they were able to get, uh, get the, their daughter to St. Jude's. They performed a biopsy there. They found that it was not the type of cancer that they had thought it was and that it was treatable and they treated it and today she is cancer free think of that wow i mean had had he not intervened she she would not be with us today think of that and you can trace that all back to the idea of well let's let's and do an endowed chair and that that is definitely something to be proud of um so you've obviously done you know, a lot of service to the Cancer League and, and other nonprofits. Uh, you know, where does this this service mentality and this service uh, come from for you? Where where does that come from in your life? I think that my mentor from an, from a um, philanthropic side is really Larry Meisel, who is chairman of the yep. board of MDC Holdings. Yep. My boss for 30, 30 plus years. Right. He is one of the most generous, um, giving humans I've ever met. And he also is an expert at raising money. And I know this because personally because he extracts <laughs> a fair amount from me every year <laughs> for his for his charity. But but he, you know, I learned how to interact with people on the you know, the, the side of, of trying to get people to give to a cause. Yeah, right. And, but, you know, it's not all, it's not all taking. I will say that uh, Larry and MDC Holdings have been huge supporters of Cancer League since sure. I left the company. They have been uh, one of the larger supporters of Cancer League every year. 
Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of their support of the Hope Ball and all of the events that we do. And this year, they took it to another level. We have been doing something for each of the last three years with the Cancer Center. We've been partnering with them mm -hmm. where... You know, I mentioned that we give dollars for clinical trials. Right. Uh, well, we agreed to do with them is uh, we wanted to give more and more to clinical trials. And all they want us to do is, okay, commit to that up front so we can use that mm -hmm. and go to the public and say, and get the public to give to clinical trials as well. So the last three years, we've been giving between $150,000 and $200,000 committing to that gift each year early so that they then can write a letter to the world out there and say, look, if you will give a dollar for clinical trials, Cancer League of Colorado will match that two for one. There you go. And with that, they've been able to raise close to half a million dollars wow. in the last few years uh, from public donations for clinical trials. Spectacular. Uh, this year, this year, we agreed to, uh, actually, one of the recipients of that letter was Larry Meisel. He received it from the Cancer Center. And he said, man, that's a cool way to do it. Yeah. So he called me and he said, uh, you know what? I want to do more for cancer research. So if you put up $200,000, i will put up 200000 Wow. And so, they, so we now have agreed together to commit $400 for clinical trials. 400 that the cancer center can use and the cancer center can use that to, for, for matching funds as they go out to the public to wow. solicit additional donations. So wow. just another you know, case that, of, anyway, the, of the leverage, right? You sure. And that's, that's, fantastic. that's my mentor, my mentor at work, but that's, you know, that's, that's where I, I remember when I was uh, CFO for Larry, Larry really demands, uh, a lot from his people and mm -hmm. he he would prefer that we focus on business uh with our time as opposed to you know giving necessarily giving of our time right uh to uh, various causes so he said gary if you ever have a cause that you um want to support tell me i'll write him a check you just keep working <laughs> so i did and i um when I retired, I felt like I had a lot to give yeah. to, to the community. And, you know, I have some skills and some expertise in certain areas. And when organizations, volunteer organizations find out that you have skills, you're willing to work and you work for free. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of work comes your way. A lot of work comes your way. I, uh, absolutely. Well, that leads me to, to another question is, is, you know, over your career and in your time with Cancer League and at MDC, and what have been some of the, the bedrock leadership principles that you've you've lived by? Well, I I know that I, I still um, something that I that I, I've always lived by and uh, it served me well with uh, in my career with MDC is is to uh, to work hard. You know, and and it's it it is really been necessary in an all volunteer organization to mm -hmm. leave yourself open for uh, for what volunteers are willing to give you. You know, they they have lives, they have careers, they have children, they have things that that take their time, and they're they're able to give at 
different times, and it not, it's not necessarily when it's convenient for me. Yeah, but I but I need to make it convenient for me because I I need their help, and yeah. I, need, I need to have it when they can give it. I try to respect uh, their time and their uh, their willingness to give uh, when they're able to give. And, you know, I think that uh, that respect is a key and because when I when I respect them, then they respect me. Yep. And um, and so, you know, it's created some good working relationships that way. You know, communication has always been open communication and Thank has you. always been not only in my in my uh, uh, business career, but in in Cancer League is to to you know not take anything for granted you know make it try to be as clear as possible yeah. um in, in instructions and in uh expectations and uh, and keep the line of communications open at all times um so that that applies to any business and any organization. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad to have you reinforce that for me. So I always like to wrap these up with what I call the fab four. The first one is what's something you will listen to read or watch today. <laughs> oh gosh. I, I love music and I, I guess uh, you know, something that I will read listen to is I am a piano player. Ah. So I will be reading. I will be reading music. What, what do you like to play? I, I love Jim Brickman. Um, I, I, uh, I have a great piano teacher uh, who is a, uh, a good friend. And it's a small world because uh, one of my best friend's niece married her son, married this lady's son. Yeah. So we've gotten even closer um, through all of that. But yeah, she, because of my age, I'm probably one of her older students. She lets me play whatever I want. And, nice. and I, like to, I like to play beautiful music. Uh, I really started playing when I was eight years old. Um, I quit for a long time, but I, yeah. I, I played a long time. So she, we like to do duets together. Oh, fun. So we're doing the greatest showman duet. We've done oh, wow. we a lot of things like that. So oh, great fun. fun. Yeah. So anyway, that's something I'm going to read and listen to today. Nice. So you talked a lot about uh, Larry. Is there anyone else that that's really been a role model for you in, in your service life or your professional life? I mean, I'd have to say uh, to a certain degree, my wife has been uh, a model for me. She, yeah. she's set a great example for me, from a philanthropic uh, point of view, she's she's almost a career philanthropist, um, and she and I have been married since uh, I was a pup. So <laughs> I can't even, I can't remember when I wasn't married, and I know she uh, helped me for my career, and she helped me uh, get focused on accounting, which is something that formed the basis for a, the financial career that I had and. So um, she's she's been one of the one of the the most important influences in my life. That's fantastic. And so, other than Cancer League, is there is there an organization out there that you really admire the work that they do? Well, um, there is. You know, there's a, there's a wonderful family here in town 
called the the uh, Anna, led by Anna and John C. Yep. And uh, their daughter uh, Michelle C. Witten mm-hmm. is um, one of the most amazing people that I know. You know, she has uh, been the leader of Global Down Syndrome Foundation. Yep. And and I have to tell you that that what they've accomplished uh, in getting you know more federal attention yep. paid to to uh, to Down syndrome and getting federal funding for things. Uh, I mean, she's a mover and a shaker. Yeah. And their their whole family is, and and I admire them for that. You know, I I greatly. I watch what they do. I, I try to learn from what they do. Yep. And, um, you know, they, they put on some first class events, but the organization as a whole just is, is absolutely first class. And what's super cool about that organization is it's made Denver pretty much ground zero for, uh, the work in with, with folks with intellectual disabilities. Last one, if somebody w- is interested in volunteering, supporting, Learning more about the Cancer League of Colorado, how do they find you? Go to our website, which is uh, cancerleague.org. Excellent. Cancerleague.org. Cancerleague.org. And, and, uh, yes, and we uh, we recently uh, upgraded our website. It's it's it looks great with uh, with information about our events, uh, how to join, how to donate. Uh, how to support this organization in many different ways. And um, they can communicate directly with me through the chat function. I'm the one who answers it. I see it it every day. I just, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I, I love to go to the mailbox and see what (laughs) I I love to see the chats that come in uh, people and, and uh, try to make sure that we respond quickly to, to their inquiries. Awesome. Well, hang, hang with me one second, but again, salute on all the great work you're doing. We're behind you. I hope you can keep it up for the foreseeable future for sure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of JC Charity and Events Services. If you're interested in how I might be able to bolster your efforts and help your team achieve its goals, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. For contact information and how you can support or volunteer to help the Cancer League of Colorado, visit cancerleague.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better.